I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Congratulations, true crime addicts. We've survived another week. It is Friday, August 11th, 2023. This week, Alabama is outside of its mind. Never eat mushrooms in Australia. And Brian Koberger's alibi is crazy. Crazy like a fox. All this and more. Stay tuned. Yes. Super excited. We are all pumped to have James Author Renner. James Renner. Expects that James Renner has zeroed in. James Renner once again drops a bombshell. Investigative James journalist Renner. reporter James Renner, who's been James on the podcast a long time. By And welcome back to the show. Uh, everybody say hello to uh, Walter, who's manning the camera again. Hello, Walter. Nice to see you. Thanks for showing up. Um, hey, if you like this uh, podcast, uh, True Crime This Week, and what is True Crime This Week? Well, you're watching it, but uh, in case you didn't know, I bring you the true crime stories of the last seven days that you might have missed, the things that fall through the cracks. You're going to want to listen to this if you're into true crime, so you have stuff to talk about around the water cooler. They don't use water coolers anymore, I don't think. Everybody's working from home. But you get the gist. Hey, if you like the show, leave a review somewhere. Uh, you know, uh, Spotify or uh, on the Apple podcast thing. Uh, it helps, uh, you know, drive up. You know, get, gets up in the ratings. And anyways, um, every time you leave a, a good review about a podcast that you like, an angel gets its wings. I'm sure you know that already. Let's get to the top stories of this last week. They're calling it the Alabama Brawl, the Montgomery Dummery, the Rumble and the Bumble, the Thriller in Vanilla. Last Saturday evening, a bunch of rednecks parked their pontoon boat along the riverfront in Montgomery, Alabama, ostensibly to restock their supply of natty ice. But that part of the riverfront was designated parking space for the Harriet II it's a fancy riverboat that you take and you have drinks on and party. When the Harriet II returned, the pontoon crew refused to move. So the co-captain got on a little dinghy, and then he got on a boat, and went across the river and tried to move the pontoon by himself. That co-captain is an African-American gentleman. Three white men from the boat approached the captain, the co-captain, and started up, you know, some smack talk. Then things escalated when one of the white men launched his sunburned body at the black man. Then the white man swung a punch. Then all hell broke loose. All this was captured on camera, by the way. You can find the video on YouTube. I'm assuming 
that uh, the, all the craziness that ensued thereafter is because African Americans in Montgomery are just a little sick of being pushed around by white men. It just doesn't work anymore. Can't get away with that. Several people ran to the defense of this co-captain. One dude, this is my favorite part of this, is a teenage kid, young man, who jumped off the riverboat, into the river, swam to shore, and then started kicking butt. Joined that Donnybrook. People were, people were pushing people into the water. One guy grabbed a chair from some off-camera WWF ring and started smacking people over the head with it. It was spectacular. Please go watch the video. By the time it was over, 13 people were arrested and taken into custody. Police later charged three of the white men with misdemeanor assault. That would be Richard Roberts, Alan Todd, and Zachary Call Me Chase Shipman. Police are currently searching for the identity of the man with the chair. Nobody saw anything. That's what I would say anyways. If the whole thing had not been captured on video, by the way, do you think those men would have been charged? I highly doubt it. Next story. It's just that I just I, I, I think I've watched that video like a dozen times. Um, if your estranged daughter-in-law invited you to dinner, would you go? Three people are dead and one remains in the hospital after eating a meal of poisonous mushrooms at the home of 48-year-old Aaron Patterson in Leongatha, Australia in late July. All this just came out last week, though. There's a lot to unpack here with this story. I'm going to walk you through it. Let's start at the beginning. Aaron was married to Simon Patterson back in March of 2022. Not for nothing. Patterson collapsed in his home shortly after splitting with his wife. Didn't know what was wrong. Just knew his stomach hurt so much. Uh, he spent 21 days in intensive care. He was in, a co uh, in an induced coma. And, uh, but doctors could never determine exactly what happened and how he'd gotten sick. Flash forward to the end of July this year, and Aaron desperately wanted to reconcile, this according to people that knew the situation, she wanted to reconcile with Simon, her ex-husband, so she invited him and his parents to come over for a meal so they could discuss everything. Simon was like, fuck no, forget about it, but his parents, Gail and Don Patterson, decided to go. And Gail brought her sister, Heather Wilkinson, and Heather's husband, Ian, with them. Ian is a well-known local pastor in the area. Aaron allegedly served them beef wellington pie, which contained mushrooms, but these mushrooms were not store-bought. Ina Garden would protest. Police believe Aaron served them death cap mushrooms, one of the deadliest mushrooms known to man, according to the Washington Post. Aaron's kids did not eat the pie. She prepared them a different meal, which looks a little suspicious in hindsight. That night, the guests became very sick, and within a week, Gail, Don, and Heather had died, and Ian remains ill and awaiting a liver transplant at the moment. Police have brought Aaron in for questioning, but have not yet charged her. One piece of evidence gathered by police this week was a food dehydrator found in a local landfill. Death cap mushrooms, by the way, they look similar to other edible mushrooms and apparently taste delicious, according to the few who have survived eating them. They are responsible for 90% of fatal fungi cases worldwide. Erin has so far maintained her innocence. Final story this week. I'm sure you've seen this. This is 
pretty pretty great news this week a cold case diving team you're seeing more and more of these cold case diving teams trying to solve crimes by uh, unsolved mysteries by diving into the water and finding vehicles you know when a person and a in a vehicle goes missing the most likely explanation is they are in a body of water somewhere near where they disappeared right well this cold case diving team discovered 30 cars in a florida lake and could be responsible for solving dozens of unsolved mysteries, according to the New York Times. The search took place at a lake a few miles west of Miami International Airport by three teams of divers from United Search Corps, Sunshine State Sonar, and Recon Dive Recovery. The cars are believed to be linked to crimes going back to the 70s when Miami was a hub for cocaine trafficking, mob activity, and those horrible flamingos you see in everybody's lawns. United Search Corps is the new nonprofit. This is kind of inside baseball here. United Search Corps is the new nonprofit founded by cold case diver Doug Bishop, who was once part of Adventurers with Purpose, the most well-known cold case diving team. Bishop left, Bishop left that group after its founder, Jared Lysick, was accused of sexually assaulting a family member when he was in his teens. That's an ongoing case. It's very ethically complicated. I spoke about the recent New Yorker profile of Lysik in last week's episode, if you're interested. Florida police are currently pulling the cars out of the lake and trying to determine which unsolved crimes or disappearances they may be connected to. So developing story there. And those are the top stories. It's, uh, stick with me, though. After the break, we have cold case updates. i got to tell you about... Uh, the tragic end of the Rachel Morin case. You got to hear about Brian Koberger's ridiculous alibi. Um, and we're going to talk about the Candyman. So stay tuned. Please hang up and try again. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. 
Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. And welcome back to What's Happening, starring Haywood Nelson. The body of a missing mother of five was found in Maryland on Sunday. 37-year-old Rachel Morin was reported missing by her boyfriend after she did not return home from a hiking trail where she went for a walk Saturday afternoon, according to the New York Post. Police and volunteers searched the Ma and Pa Heritage Trail in Bel Air, Maryland, for hours on Sunday before Rachel's friend noticed a disturbance on the side of the path near a drain tunnel. Inside the tunnel, she discovered Rachel's body. It was a horrific scene. The right side of her face had been smashed in, apparently maybe by a rock, something like that. Police have made no arrests yet. You have to wonder, is this a crime of opportunity? Was somebody lying in wait on the trail? She just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, or was it somebody she knew? The Post article mentions that Rachel's boyfriend, the man who reported her missing, has a lengthy rap sheet for assault and violating restraining orders. In a Facebook post, he claims he's innocent. Quote, I love Rachel, he wrote. Uh, Quote, yes, I have a past, but I also have 15 months clean and have changed as a person, end quote. So, you know, when something tragic like that happens, they start with those who knew her best and work their way out. Unfortunately, somebody, even when you're trying to turn your life for the better, looks like a serious contender for a violent crime. So I'm sure the police are looking at his uh, whereabouts with a fine-tooth comb, um, but don't assume that uh, just because he has a past that he's the one to do it. So I'm interested to see where this goes. This strikes me more as a crime of opportunity, but I've been wrong before. Have you heard about the notorious serial killer known as the Candyman? Trigger warnings here. Trigger warnings abound for the next bit of news here. Dean Coral was a serial killer operating in Texas 50 years ago. They called him the Candy Man because he used to work at a candy store his parents owned and would pass out free candy to kids he admired. Between 1970 and 1973, Coral and two teenage accomplices kidnapped and murdered 28 boys and young men from the Houston area, according to ABC 13. Eventually, one of Coral's accomplices killed Coral himself and then led police to the victim's bodies. This week, police released a sketch of Coral's last unidentified victim. Take a look. We should try to identify this young man. Here's what he looked like, or what he, he could have looked like. This is a uh, sketch based on, on the remains. He was between 15 and 18 years old stood about 5 feet 7 inches. If you know of any missing boys from that area 
and ERA, who matched the description, please contact 1-800-THE-LOST. This week, police in New York identified another potential victim of the Long Island serial killer, according to ABC News. The body of a young woman was found on Fire Island on April 20th, 1996, and until this week, her identity has remained unknown. Police now say the body belongs to 34-year-old Karen Vergata, who was reported missing in February of that year. Police say she was working as an escort at the time of her murder, like many of the other young women found on Gilgo Beach. Earlier this year, a New York architect named Rex Hewerman was charged with those murders, but police have not yet charged him with Karen's murder. Police say they are close to identifying the bodies of three more women found in the area. Just begs the question, how could one man get away with so many murders for so long in this day of DNA and genetic genealogy, living in a tight-knit neighborhood that he did? It baffles, baffles the mind. Let's go on to Brian Koberger, this jag-off, right? Uh, we got to look at Brian Koberger's defense this week. Koberger is currently awaiting trial for the murders of four college students in Idaho. Among other evidence, police were able to link his cell phone to the area where the murders occurred. According to CNN, Koberger is saying that he has an alibi. Oh my gosh, well, I guess they got to, like, toss out these charges, right? I mean, if he has an alibi... Um, what is his alibi? Oh, I'm going to tell you. He says he was driving alone between 4 a.m. and 4.25 a.m. when the murders were taking place. Just cruising along, as you do, in the middle of Idaho, by yourself, 4 o'clock in the morning. His attorney says he has a habit of driving alone at odd hours of the night. And the 2023 True Crime Award for Worst Alibi goes to Brian Koberger. Reminds me of a joke, if you have a moment. Um... That I heard a while ago. A man was brought to the FBI on suspicion of murder. He argued that there was no way he could have done it as he was in vacation in Prague for the week of the killing. The FBI took note of his travel records and let him go. His alibi, you see, checked out. <clears throat> is this, is this check, check, C, Z, okay. Here's some weird news. This is my favorite part of the, the, the program. Every once in a while, there's some weird true crime news, crime-related news, um, and you have to park it somewhere. This is it. Uh, uh, this involves a Facebook scheme that you don't want to get pulled into. The cost of in vitro of IVF, in vitro fertilization, that is, is expensive these days, often $30,000 or more. And when people are looking for good deals, they take to Facebook, don't they? This is a bad idea, according to the Daily Mail, which investigated several online groups devoted to DIY IVF. Turns out these Facebook groups are loaded with men looking for free sex, looking to take advantage of women. Who would have thought? They say they're willing to donate, but only the old-fashioned way. The media outlet interviewed one same-sex couple who traveled to a casino parking lot in Ohio to obtain their sperm sample. As somebody from Ohio, not the strangest thing I've seen in a casino parking lot. Other men simply pack their goo on ice and ship via FedEx to wherever you live. Doctors warn that anyone using their service is, high, is at high risk for STDs, and the kids are likely to have a genetic predisposition to living in their mother's basements. 
on the pop culture. There's a new, a, a new true crime documentary on Netflix called Missing, colon, not Missing, colon. Just that's the, you don't need to know. Missing, the Lucy Blackman case. Here's the write-up. British woman Lucy Blackman goes missing in Tokyo, sparking an international investigation. However, as the evidence begins to pile up, the police begin to worry that a serial criminal is on the loose. Now, I did a little look, and I hadn't heard about this case, so I looked it up. Lucy was 21 years old when she moved to Tokyo after school. She was there less than a month before she went missing. The investigation by Tokyo police led into the dark underbelly of the criminal world where a serial sexual, sexual predator was operating, according to Esquire. And finally, uh, the book this week, I don't have a copy of it yet, but I'm going to get one. I saw it online. It was released a few years ago. Somehow, I hadn't heard about it, um, and it involves a case in Ohio in which I actually joined a search effort that was part of the, the crime. So it's weird that I didn't know about this book, but it's trending on Amazon right now. So I think people are just rediscovering it. It's called The Girl in the Leaves. Here's the write-up. In the fall of 2010, in the all-American town of Apple Valley, Ohio, four people disappeared without a trace. Stephanie Sprang, her friend, Tina Maynard, and Tina's two children, 13-year-old Sarah and 11-year-old Cody. Investigators began scouring the area, yet despite an extensive search, no signs of the missing people were discovered. On the fourth day of the search, evidence trickled in about neighborhood weirdo Matthew Hoffman. A police SWAT team raided his home and found an extremely disturbing sight. Every square inch of the place was filled with leaves. How creepy is that? And a terrified Sarah Maynard was bound up in the middle of it like some sort of perverted autumn tableau, but there was no trace of the others. Then came Hoffman's confession to an unspeakable crime that went beyond murder and defied all reason. His tale of evil would make Sarah's survival and rescue all the more astonishing, astonishing. a compelling tribute to a young girl's resilience and courage and to her fierce determination to reclaim her life in the wake of unimaginable trauma. That's The Girl in the Leaves. Check it out. And that's the... Uh, that's the show for today. It's the weekend. Go out and celebrate. Uh, as always, uh, just surviving the week is, is cause to celebrate. And in the words of the incomparable Murray Saul, the godfather of Cleveland Radio, we got to, 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 got to. Get down, damn it. True Crime This Week is a fearful symmetry production. Photo and artwork are licensed through Shutterstock. If you like the cut of my jib, I have another podcast you might enjoy called The Philosophy of Crime, in which I attempt to solve the big questions behind our true crime obsession by looking to philosophy for answers. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Sit, Brownie, sit. Good dog.